1: Whoa! Well, welcome to the Winters on Away Way Show. I am your host, Trent Clark, and I am with my special guest today, Derek Unstoppables Bulls. How are you, buddy?
2: Man, I'm good. How are you doing?
1: I'm so good, man. I couldn't be better. You know, Final Four weekend, man. <laughs> like, you know, things are crazy, and you're in Houston right now, Derek. That's pretty awesome. And I just actually came from Houston. I will not be there for the final game,
2: unfortunately. Are you okay. going to the final game tomorrow night? Yeah, I'll be at the final game. I'm just excited because it's such an interesting tournament. And, you know, there's no number one seed. So nobody knows who's going to win the whole thing.
1: Like, I don't know if it's ever been this wide open, man. Like, it's, you know, you usually get in this weekend and it's like, holy cow, the best, is the best, rise to the top. And this is a, maybe a lesson that there's more parody than ever. And you know what? Teams can rise up and and Goliath can be slain, man.
2: Oh, no question. Well, and I'm going to add to the conversation. The transport portal has really made nothing but parity happen because players now, it doesn't really matter how good your team was in the past. If they show up and they want to play together and they want to work together, they can change who's going to be the national champion. And so that says a lot right there. Yeah, I would,
1: yeah, you're right. I, I was super excited to have like this Hoosier type moment to see like a Florida Atlantic win a national championship. Right. I, I thought just maybe, you know, I mean, and I got to tell you, like that first half of their semifinal game, I thought, wow, these guys are absolutely for real. That was some of the best 20 minutes of basketball I'd seen.
2: Absolutely, and I'm gonna tell you what. Even yesterday, when they played San Jose State, that was an interesting game to watch. But I will say this: San Jose State did not give up, and you saw what happened. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. San
1: San Diego, San Diego State, San Diego State. Yeah, yeah. They were resilient, right? I really felt like they could have just flushed out and gone away very easily, and you know nothing there, right? I mean, and they did not go away. And oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, stuck to their guns, man. They're all about D, and they were like, you know what? If they can shoot that well in the second half, we're probably going to have to tip our cap to them. But you know what? They they did not play the same second half. A lot of pressure. So it well, is, this, is a lot this, of pressure. There's a lot of pressure. So for everyone, thank you for joining us on the Winners Find a Way show. I am your host, Trent Clark. I am a three-time World Series coach, international speaker, consultant, and uh, longtime coach in professional baseball, as most people know, coaching and three world series and for Derek, my guest here on the winners find a way show, you know, a fellow Michigander, which I loved, you know, yes, sir. bringing it back to the roots, bringing it back to the Minton state and Detroit native and grew up around the Belleville, Ypsilanti area and played at Belleville high school, which is a powerhouse here in, in Michigan for sure. And under a guy that I have not like, man, I have not seen this guy forever. Mike Garland, longtime coach at Belleville, just retired. Also longtime coach with Tom Izzo at Michigan State. And uh, I, I remember barely, by the way, back in when Tim Izzo took over, we were going at hundred miles an hour, and Mike was his first hire there. And as an assistant to Tom, trying to turn this thing around from a longtime, you know, guy, you know, taking over a guy like Judd Heathcote, who I think he'd been there for 20 years.
2: Right. Right.
1: And a former national champion with magic and you a big big name in the area and I mean I can only imagine these guys much like we're watching right now the guy who has to take over for Mike Krzyzewski right like wow that's not an easy job
2: oh yeah it's a big big deal and now it's so much more to it where before we were just focusing on basketball but now we're talking about academics we're talking about social life we're talking about social media we're talking about decision making like the game has changed in multiple ways. And so, you know, if you take over a big time job now, you gotta be mentally prepared to handle it. You gotta be a CEO. You gotta yeah, be a yeah. CEO.
1: No, that's really good. And I think, yeah, I was just gonna say there's a whole nother business component now with NIL and business transacting and all the things that are going on there too. I mean, there are a lot of balls in these air in the air for these kids. And as you know, I'm in the NIL space and it is. I mean, these kids. It is big commitment to be a college athlete. I mean, and I don't think it's ever been bigger.
2: Oh yeah. Well, and and you know, as you know a little bit of my history, you know, I, I've been living in Idaho for a while, and we have a kid who's a quarterback at Boise State, and uh, Green is is his name, and he's very very good. Probably has NBA upside. That's off the table, and uh, you know everybody's trying to, you know, get at it. Everybody's trying to get access to him. Everybody's trying to influence him. But the truth is, is this this NIL has really made it challenging because if I'm a kid and I'm thinking about having resources and access to money, I'm going to try to do what's best for me, but not thinking about the long-term repercussions because it's bigger than just receiving money. You got to pay taxes on all that money too, just so you know. Big deal. So, you know, we got to educate the student-athletes, too.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a lot different than you and I were athletes in college, right? I mean, I know. I think you played at Idaho State. And, man, when we were coming out, there was a lot to think about. Don't get me wrong. But, man, it's, it's very different now. And I, I talked to a lot of guys. I know you and I were down at the Super Bowl together. And they're talking to guys, and it's funny because everyone's yeah, I, w- I would have made a million and a half a year playing, you know, if I was I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, <laughs> you're, you're 20 years old and you got 15,000 things to do in a day and it's not easy to actually go out and, and get it done. But yeah, so that's, that's a big deal. So let's talk a little bit about Unstoppables is is your podcast. You are the host and Mike Garland joined you in, in yeah, the podcast, yeah. which is very cool. Talk to me quickly about that, about the message there on the podcast and how that's going. No,
2: no. First and foremost, I'm excited because, you know, one of the things that, that we love about the, the unstoppable tough talk is what we're calling it, because we're not just focusing on athletics. We're focusing on everything that comes with athletics that could be a byproduct. So we're talking about, you know, life, relationships. We're talking about, you know, how are we dealing with some of the crisis with the inflation. We're talking about the fit and all issue. We're talking about everything because you know, we have a different perspective. And you gotta remember, you know, you get coach Coach Garland and I on the podcast, and then we get a couple guests who really can add value to the podcast. People wanna hear what we have to say because it's powerful. It's a big yeah. deal.
1: Yeah. No, I think it's so good. You know, I know you provide some online learning on the backside for leadership development. You know, just just involved with the Black Colleges Coaches Alliance. Talk to me a little bit about that. I know they're meeting this weekend in Houston, and a lot of the NABC, always a big weekend with Final Four. I mean, I, I know everyone thinks about the games, but there's a lot of development that's actually going on this weekend, a lot of learning, a lot of like, hey, let's get back to a couple things we're missing and what we're not doing well. And, man, I think there's so many things from this athletic side that you're talking about, that's so huge, and we're going to get into a couple of those. But let's talk quickly about what you what you've been experiencing down there.
2: Sure. Well, obviously, you know, being here at the Final Four, and people don't realize this. This is really a a chance for coaches, for athletic directors, for people who understand the game of basketball, really to get a chance to come together, network, build relationships, and more than anything, spend time. And then so. This is the second time that they've done this, the second annual. And then I got invited. One of my good friends is Travis Tucker; He's the head coach at Montana University. And then also Dietrich Taylor, who is a head coach in the West. And they invited me to attend. And it was unbelievable. It was really good to have. And I want to make sure I say this because I think it's important to have, you know, primarily minority leaders come together, right? Athletic directors head coaches, Division One, all the way down to NAIA, all the way down to high school, all the way down to clubs. Everybody getting a chance just to connect and support and really brainstorm. And all that happening creates good stuff, right? Because nobody has all the answers. So we have to kind of be willing to, yeah, we got to take a step back and and realize, hey, if I don't have all the answers, maybe I can get the answers from somebody else. So it was really, really good, really good.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think we need more of that, you know, more of the encouragement from one another, more of the, you know, building one another up, learning from each other. I mean, I I love, it's probably the one thing I love. I'm not a big skateboard guy, you know, but I love the fact like, you know, when someone goes and makes a big move, everyone goes, man, that's awesome. Derek, Dude, that's like everyone's encouraging going like not, not the jealousy thing. Like, Oh, you know, it's crap that they got a job and I didn't. I'm, I'm a better coach than they are. I'm a better this, you know, like, all the thing, man, everybody's out there trying to earn it, you know, and it's not easy. Right. And so to get that encouragement from one another, I think is so critical right now. And man, if, if people would understand that better, I think it would be, I think we'd be a lot farther along, quite frankly. Oh,
2: yeah. Well, and, and unfortunately, and Trent, you know this already, we live in a time now with this cancel culture and this, if, if you do something wrong, then people just cut you off. And how can you get better? How can you grow? How can you improve if that's how we're going to live our lives? And so we got to figure out ways to go back. And it's it's going to sound crazy for those who are just getting introduced to me. I'm old school, right? Let's go back in time. Just go back for a minute and really understand, like, we have to continue to support, build, and really understand how to connect with people. And if we don't do that, then you're really cutting off your hand before you even get a chance to do anything with it. You're just chopping it right there. So that just food for thought, food for thought.
1: I think it's one of the things, Derek, that, that concerns me is like, as you know, as a coach and a player, you know, things don't go well when the fundamentals aren't understood. Right. I mean, and, and, and you hate to see when you start getting that advanced level going, wow. We're losing because we don't understand some of the fundamental things that we can't do. And, you know, when I look at some of the game the other night, kind of coming back to that, to the San Diego State, Florida Atlantic, they gave up like 12 offensive rebounds in like two minutes. I mean, like fundamentals, like box out, right? Like, let's get back to... And, and if you just kind of go away for those fundamentals and think, hey, we're gonna be fine, we're not gonna be fine.
2: Well, and, and you know, even at the event that I attended yesterday, the the Black Coaches Alliance, one of the things we talked about, one of the one of the talking points was kids, like you said, don't have the fundamentals. They don't know how to do the the establish of pivot foot. They don't understand, they don't have those things that will make them become good because nobody has spent the time. To teach them that, and all that stuff right there is invaluable because most of the time, if you have a good foundation in whatever you do, your upside is unbelievable. But if you have a crazy foundation, if, it, if it's built on sand, I'm sure you've heard that before. If it's built on sand, it's got a chance to crumble right in front of your eyes. And so I just think we got to go back. I'm old school again. We got to go back in time and revisit how do we get where we became one of the best basketball, uh, you know things in the world, you know, in states and countries in the world.
1: Yeah. So when you think about that, let's come, let's take you back to high school and some of the lessons you learned along the way. I mean, competitive program, Mike's obviously, you know, just a great coach and he's got a great experience and learned from some of the best for sure. Also a great player himself at Northern Michigan. And, and then you go in and go, you know, and I know, Hey, listen, I'd love to be, I have a lot more fun working on my 35 foot jumper than I do Working crossover, two step jab to the left with the left hand, make a good two hand chest pass. Right? That's that's about as boring of a drill as you can get. And you got to do it, you know, 80 times before practice starts. And free throws are boring, and you know, it's not exciting like the 35 foot jumper or the alley oop pass we're working on. You know, we watch this stuff on Sports Center. But we're, we're missing the fact like the boring stuff that wins games is, like you said, no one's really holding these kids to that fire, to that discipline of the fundamentals. Did you feel like you got that when you were in high school?
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, when I played for Coach Garland, we used to just do simple things like ball handling drills for, you know, an hour, just working on your left hand working on in and out, working on crossing over. Like that's what we used to do. And in the repetition, the repetition, the repetition, eventually you were doing it without even thinking about it because we've done it so much. And in the same thing with chess passes and lobs and all that stuff, we would have drills where we would just work on snapping the ball, receiving the ball, stuff that nobody wants to teach because everybody has gotten to this idea that if you can have a kid go through a cone and and react and all that stuff, that you're developing the player. But that really doesn't develop the player because there has to be some adversity to that player. Like there has to be somebody who's guarding that player, putting their body on that player, putting their arms around that player so that they can understand how to make a move and get bumped and still go finish it and finish the play. Yeah. Right now, everybody is is using – it's really we're playing a game with the game of basketball from a psychological perspective because they're using the cones, but they're doing it really just to to generate revenue instead of really trying to help people become good.
1: Mm. Well, it's interesting because we work in that controlled environment, right? Like that, oh, hey, listen, I can work in this controlled environment and it's no problem. And then all of a sudden – it gets real at full speed and that's one of my biggest pet peeves right is is kids practicing at half speed or not in not in real time or at real speed and so if you're just going around cones that's not real time that's not real speed because there's not the body there. There's not getting around somebody, someone holding on your arm and like, oh, yeah, that's called every time. Yeah, stop. Like, that's not called every time. You know, you're right. not going to get that. People are going to be leaning on you and learning to play the game that, that is so more physical than people really realize.
2: Well, and, and I want to add to that, you know, one of the things that that resonates with me is, you know, even when I was in high school, one of my really good friends, Carl Bow, we called him Butt. Another one of my good friends, Rodney Hill, we called him Rock. And then Ryan Hunter, we called him Heavy. And we would we would work out, we would shoot, we would go through ball handling. And then at the end, we would play one-on-one. Like, yeah. like it would be a game of, okay, now we've done all of this work. Now, who's going to win this game to see how we're going to play? Because we wanted to get better. Now, guys, you know... Uh, you know, I have a son who's six, seven, who's pretty special, and you know, the coaches are so concerned, they don't want him to do this, we don't want to hurt his knees. I'm like, dude, if I survive and I'm sitting in front of this camera with you right now, Trent, smiling, I think he'll be okay. We're not yeah. gonna lose him because he hurt his knees. Like yeah. we have to realize we gotta challenge people to become better but unfortunately we get in this comfortable space where we don't want to challenge each other and that creates a lot of problems
1: yeah i think we're looking at that like and it's a, and it's a progression right like hey i progression i handle the ball on my own and i do my drills and and then i handle the ball around cones in movement and Perfect. then i take it to the court and start working around some bodies and this, and then i take it to that one on one Let's see if i can do it then i got to move on that three on three, four on four half court level and see if we can create space. And I can continue my skill level through activity and through multiple, you know, variants. Now, then we take it to that next level. I mean, I think that's just natural progression, but I feel like we skip steps. But I want to come back to what one of these you just re- referenced, which is sitting here right now. What most people don't know is that you know, you've been through the ringer on your health from the time 2013 really kind of set you off. I mean, a brain aneurysm, cellulitis, two strokes, two heart surgeries, L1, L5 for your back. I mean, this has just been and was this caused from basketball was this a t- talk to me about how this all started
2: no yeah, i think that's a great question i think you know sometimes you know you get put in a situation and, and i love i love even what we're talking about right now like how how do you become a one percenter well i really went from going through being a high level athlete playing at a very high level played you know taipei taiwan japan australia had a great career And then when I finished, my body decided that it was exhausted. It was tired. And so on the flip side of that, you know, sometimes we have to be willing to listen and honor our bodies. And I really didn't want to honor my body. And on the flip side of that became the health challenges that you just listed. And so we got to really understand, like, a lot of that is if you go hard and you do everything hard and you live hard if you're not taking care of your body, there's going to be repercussions. Yeah. And so it, it was obviously it was a challenge, but I want to make sure I say this because I think this is probably the most important thing. I never lost my faith during that time. So even though I was going through it, my faith was as strong as it's ever been. So I want yeah. you to feel me when I tell you that, because for me, that's really what I think saved me from not being here and talking to you right now.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's really important because, I mean, you know, we talk about life or death. We talk about like, you know, what that is. And very few people actually face that and come back. And so we have these moments and, and we think like, Hey, um, yeah, I'm going to be strong in this. Yeah. I'm going to lean on. And I've seen a lot of people that, man, it's been tough. Right. And, uh, and, and they've lost their way through hard times. And I've also seen people that have gone through absolutely horrific times. And man, just the rock of their faith. It's just been like, it's, it's absolutely admirable. And man, I, I, you know, it's always, it's back to that song of, you know, do I have what it takes, you know, when it really comes on the line, you know, I don't know if if I get challenged, am I going to, am I going to rise up?
2: Right. Well, and and like I said, it's that one present that that, you know, I I looked at, you know, how we started the show, like you have to really have a chance. And I want to make sure I share this to really look in the mirror and see what, what do you have? Like, and, and then you have to really tap into that because at the time your body's going through stuff that has never been through. Like when I had my stroke, You know, I couldn't speak for six weeks. So even though you hear me talking to you now and everything's good and clear, I couldn't make a sound. And not only not not could I make a sound, my brain wasn't even putting the words together right. So you got to put all that in perspective and you can imagine what that does to you from a mental perspective, from a self-esteem and self-worth. Like all that stuff becomes part of it. And I just think we need to really be talking about mental health. I think it's a big deal.
1: Yeah. No, no I, think there's no, I think there's no doubt. Let's come back to a little bit of a one percenter. Every one every percenter overcome some, some things in their lives. And by the way, there's a bunch of confidence in that, right? Because when we face hard things and we come through on the other side, we're like, hey, things don't look so hard anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> You know, people growing up in your neighborhood, right? And when things face tough things like parents divorcing or fathers going to prison and you know, you get, you know, these challenges along our way, your, your, your dad loses his job or, or alcoholism or, you know, you name it, right? Right, right. We you get a bunch of lessons in that of if we're willing to get the lesson of, Hey, they're not perfect. And forgiveness is real. And I know maybe some paths I don't want to go down to avoid because I should take this lesson and learn. There, there's just all sorts of things there that I think the other challenge of this is when someone's gone through really hard times and then you ask me to run a six-minute hard mile for practice – like, yeah, like, I don't love that, but, like, I've been through a lot harder crap than that. Like, you know, All like, right. six minute mile, like, whatever. Like, this is basketball. Or this, yeah, is basketball. This, is this isn't hard. Life's hard. This is easy, right. you know? Right. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, when we talk about that 1%, I, I want to dive into a little bit of what you said something earlier, which is, you know, on your show, you really start gardening to those other things, you know, not, not the X's and O's of the crossover dribble or how to shield your body on a layup. Like the thing's really about, you know, there's a lot of skill and talent out there. There's a lot of people giving instruction out there. That's great. But you know, I, I remember telling my son, you know, as he was coming up and being recruited, like, Hey, we're monitoring all these things on our kids from how competitive they are, how disciplined they are, how well they're keeping and maintaining their health and their body, what food choices they're making where are they at psychologically? Are they coachable? You know, are they, do, do they have a desire to continue to improve? Are they lifelong learners? Are they, are they willing to sacrifice for their team? Are they good team members? And I'm like, Hey man, I haven't talked to anything about hitting a bell and running fast and throwing it yet. Like, because At that level, everybody can do those things. So the intangibles quote unquote, the intangibles, right. Are the things that we're watching so well that ultimately lead to the success levels that we need? Talk to me a little bit about that, about your learnings.
2: Well, you know, one of the things that I I always say it's a blessing or a blessing. That's really what it is. So if you're if you keep your mind in the place where you can really look at it and think about it as a way for you to grow and change and develop, then there is, it removes this victim mindset that a lot of people have, right? A a lot of people just give up when things get crazy. And you got to remember, man, you know, and you and I already know this, Trent, we only get one shot at this, right? You're only going to get one time to be alive. So you have to really take whatever whatever you've been dealt, whatever cards you have in your hand, and then you got to play those cards and you got to decide how you're going to move forward. So when I was facing all of my health challenges, I said, OK, you know, it's funny because if you look at me right now, I'm 270, lost pretty much 100 pounds because I realized, OK, if that's the situation, obviously, I'm not taking care of myself the way I need to be taking care of myself. And I got to change my diet. I got to change how I work out. I got to change where I put my energy and who gets access to it. All of that stuff becomes important because for me. You know, at the time when you're facing death and it's just you and primarily the maker, right? You're talking to God about how am I going to stick around. You really get a chance in that solitude to really take a look inside your heart, inside your spirit. And that really changed for me. That really changed me at a high level. High level.
1: Awesome. I mean, that's awesome. And I think that, you know, listen, a lot of people have been through. Similar things than you have, and they talk about changing, they want to change, and then a recovery is made pretty awesome. And we slowly drift back to our old ways, right? Like, so, how does someone in your position, you know, you've got a line and you're here and you want to go to that future reality, like your current reality, especially right when you recover, right? Your current reality is not great because you're like, Hey, I'm now I'm feeling better. I want to go back to this future reality, which is going to be better. I'm going to be healthier. I'm going to be good for other people. I'm going to contribute in a lot of different ways and show people the blessing and the lesson that I've learned along this way. And so you got to get going, right? You got to take action. Talk to me about how do you stay along that line up to where you want to go?
0: Need to hydrate but tired of plain old water? You need rebellious infusions. No sugar, no calories. Loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system, and l thionine for brain health. Ten organic flavors and convenient liquid packets. Just add 16 ounces and you are on your way. Rethink your drink at drinkrebellious.com for 10% off your next purchase. Use the code 99999. If you are a business or organization leader and want expert advice, coaching, and guidance to help you build your team to be the best, then email Trent directly at Leadershipity.com or connect with him at Trent M. Clark on LinkedIn.